OC Spurs Cast, episode 630. My name is Paul Garcia, and I'm your host here on the Spurs Cast. Today I'll be joined by Project Spurs writer Josh Baredes. In this episode, Josh and I will discuss Manu Ginobili joining the team as a special advisor and questions we have regarding training camp next week. Let's jump right into this episode with Josh. So our first uh, topic, Josh, is uh, you know this big news. You and I are recording this on a Friday evening uh, that Manu Ginobili, former Spurs legend, is, is now back with the team in, in a front office and, and player development type of role. So uh, the news came out on Friday where um, the team announced uh, multiple uh, additions and promotions to the front office staff. But um, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN did report that, that Ginobili will be um, having a special advisor to basketball operations role where Manu will work uh, in a player-centric role focusing on, on the on- and off-court development of a young Spurs roster. Uh, Woj did report also that Pop, um, Coach Pop, R.C. Buford, and Brian Wright, the GM, have all been trying to get Manu to come back into the organization in some sort of role ever since he retired um, a few years ago. So now they actually got him back in a, in a type of um, um, special advisor role. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's my first question to you, Josh. What are some benefits for the young players uh, with Manu on the court? First, let's talk about on the court. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot. I mean, you saw what he did on the court. It's kind mm-hmm. of things that people never saw before. And, you know, he pretty much invented the Euro step, and now everybody does it. Um, he can offer a lot on the court in terms of just overall basketball intelligence also. Um, I've, I feel like, you know, specifically someone like Lonnie has been compared to him sometimes with just like his um, how he drives and some things he could kind of work on, though, would be uh, something that Manu could help him with, such as decision-making when he's under the basket or something. Um, Keldon, also kind of similar, that he could benefit from uh, Manu's knowledge. Even someone like Joshua Primo, who, you know, he had some crafty moves in the summer league. I don't know if you noticed some of those finishes he had. Um, and he's, like, super raw and has a lot of talent there. Um, it's just overall really good news for the Spurs fan base, kind of something... They needed a little a little push when with so much uncertainty. It's nice to have a familiar face like that. Um, just on the court is going to be a lot, and even off the court, it's going to be. Uh, it can only benefit the Spurs going forward. Yeah, I think one one area where he's really going to um, help this team again. It, it, it depends on on how much um you know work he gets to work, uh, how much time he gets with these young players is the pick and roll because uh, we know that Manu was an excellent pick and roll ball handler and, and how he read how he read the defense and was able to get to, to the rim or kick out to teammates uh, get to the foul line and I think that's going to be critical for his um expertise in helping these young players because Demar Derozan is now gone. We know that that was their best bit ball handler of breaking down a defense and now mm-hmm. that that pressure is now on Derek White on Dejounte Murray on a player who's very raw in pick and roll and. and Keldon Johnson, a young player who they want to give you know more opportunity to, uh, and, and guys like Devin Vassell, who we saw get more pick and roll opportunity in summer league, and, and Lonnie Walker, like you mentioned there. So I think that that's going to be a key issue is uh, getting the younger players learning how to how to be impactful in the half court, and having a, a, a player like Manu Ginobili right there to help them guide them and, and show them you know maybe going over film with them, showing them um in practice you know what 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 other ways could they have attacked the defense uh, in this specific type of setting. So I think it's going to be really critical, and it's going to be a huge upgrade for the for the team just having him. Um, in the on-court uh, uh, part, and so Josh, what are um, what do you think are some benefits for having Manu off the court uh, for these young players? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you got to look at the 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 age there. There's he has some veteran. You know, they they only have what Thaddeus Young. They they don't. I believe half the team was born after 1997. So it's like having 44 year old Manu who's been around the game for uh, most of his life. Uh, just around there to to come to with any questions or or even just to you know 
help the team bond kind of as as much as the you know the golden age spurs did um it's always going to be good to have such an icon san antonio icon around um to bounce ideas off of or get advice you know having some struggles papa's yelling at you and you need to know how to how to deal with that him and tony and tim all know plenty about that um so just having his presence there is going to be is going to do wonders for such a young team one of the youngest teams in the league yeah, and I would also say one one benefit too of off the court for the players is just get kind of um, Manu knows like different positions in terms of like in his rookie year, you know, he didn't get that many minutes, and then he started to flourish later on in the season. Then we know that you know he was known as that six man where there was some sometimes when the Spurs started Manu at the two, and, and you know, and then he's he's been like at all different levels where he's been an all star, he's been an Olympian, so he can kind of um, uh, depending on what, whatever role that player is in, he can kind of work with them uh, off the court and you know kind of guiding them. I think also one one benefit is uh, media wise, he was like one of the best uh, play, Spurs players who always. Uh, we were able to interview after the games mm. and so because of that you know he can maybe um, help them out help the younger players as well whenever whenever they do uh, their media interviews as well I think that he's going to be a, a good um, guiding guiding um, um, you know um, force for them uh, in, in that respect uh, so now let's go ahead and move on to our, our second topic, and this is a training camp question. So, so before you and I started recording, I, I did you know make uh, tell you that uh, you know I, I had been thinking about two of these questions that you recently wrote about in one of your articles, <laughs> and so we're going to get to your article in a bit here. But um, but yeah, it's like you know our, our, our brains are kind of thinking the same thing here with, with how, how this ro- how this roster is being constructed and, and in terms of who's going to play where uh, at specific positions. So so we do know Spurs cast listeners that that media day comes first this coming week, and then we have uh, and then the Spurs begin training camp, and then from there they begin the preseason, and then. They go forward into the into the regular season so before we get into some specific questions uh, josh and i have um let's first just go through how the team looks right now um training camp starts next week like i said they the spurs do have 18 players on the team and they can still add two more players but i was just actually looking back at last year's uh, roster and they actually kept their their training camp roster at 18 players they, they didn't go to the full oh. 20 players uh last year but they can add two more players if, if they want to uh by october 18th we know that's a key date because that's when the spurs have to either release or trade two players on guaranteed deals so so we know that right now uh they have they have um uh, too many players on guaranteed deals so they have to waive or trade two players by then um Based on on your article, Josh, and also I think just just our, our our basic understanding here, I think that we're both in agreement that locks for the as starters are probably going to be Dejounte Murray, Derek White, Keldon Johnson, and Jakob Pertl. Do you yes. agree there? Okay, yeah, so we agree. both agree mm-hmm. there. Okay. Uh, and then locks for at least getting, I don't know if they'll start or getting um, coming off the bench, uh, at least locks for getting minutes, at least I would say, rotation players are Lonnie Walker the fourth, Devin Vassell, and Doug McDermott. Do you agree with that? Yes. Yeah, okay. they're definitely all going to be, yeah, like you said, some could end up being starters. Um, okay. Or even you know for stretches, but yeah, yeah. And then, so so then any scenario where if if we're going to get into this in a bit, but any scenario where Trey Jones and Bryn Forbes get real rotation minutes, there's going to be a domino effect where something's going to have to happen then at the small forward position, at the power forward position. Right. Um, you know, there's going to be some sort of domino effect if they're both getting minutes, and we'll get into both of those players in a bit here. And then also, uh, if uh, Thaddeus Young and, and, and Al Farouk Amino end up staying on the roster uh, past past that um, October 18th deadline, well, then it gets even more trickier because now you're, now you're adding two veteran players to this rotation. So let's first begin with some, some of the questions that we have, Josh. So let's first begin with your article. Uh, you recently, you, you actually wrote an article, and it, it was published today, Friday that you and I are recording this and it's you, you talked about first of all I um, you know one of your key questions is who's going to who's going to start at the power forward position so what are your thoughts there and let's just kind of go back and forth with that with that um, yeah so like in the article I kind of started by saying you know the NBA as a whole is kind of being 
trending more toward positionless basketball. Mm -hmm. So I think I even came to you about like, hey, who started, <laughs> who was playing power forward for most of the time? Because, you know, we saw DeMar there. We saw Rudy Gay there. Not really traditional like power forward DeRozan, I would say. But uh, we would sometimes see them on, on, you know, listed as that. Of course, they're both gone now. So that kind of leaves a hole in that in that area. Um, the one, the way I kind of approached it was I looked at who's spent a decent amount of time at the power forward. And, you know, we, we do have Luca who, um, who did start, I believe like four or five games last season when there was a COVID outbreak. Um, Thaddeus Young now is, is on the team. Of course, we don't know what his future is mm -hmm. and Al Farouk Aminu and, and Doug McDermott. Um, I kind of say that Simonich could be a wild card pick just because, you know, there are some hints that maybe he's going to have a bigger role with, uh, you know, they brought in the, the G League, the Austin coach, um, Matt Nielsen, I believe. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, if that means he's going to be a starter, I'm not quite sure yet, but um, it's an option considering Pop did go to him last year and uh, maybe he wants to kind of just throw him in the fire again when it's it's kind of like it's time to see what he can do. Um, but I would also not be surprised if uh, he went ahead and went with Doug McDermott just mm -hmm. because of the shooting ability. And it's kind of the opposite of DeRozan's effect at, as a starter last season. He can spread the floor as a shooter. Um, he does have a nice driving game also. Um, I could also, I mean, it's, it's just tough because Thaddeus Young, yep. we don't, we don't know. Like he did well with the Bulls last year and he became a pretty good facilitator. I was seeing his stats and, um, you know, any of the three of them, could do well they have different things they can kind of bring like luca brings the three-point shooting as a big but also he hasn't really gotten to show that so much so we don't know how reliable that is mm -hmm. um so i i mean i don't even remember what i put as i don't even think i chose because it's tough yeah. in the article <laughs> but if i had to pick i would maybe say it would be mcdermott just to, to respect his veteran you know, yeah. he's been around a while and that's kind of how pop likes to go, but I wouldn't say it's a log by any means. It could be honestly something that's determined in training camp. I'm not sure what, what you think about these options. No, no, I'm actually right there with you. So like on, on my, you know, I have like a, I have a page where I have like my, my, you know, make believe a death chart here. And, and I ha I do have a, I have McDermott as a starting four right now. Uh, just looking at how the roster is currently constructed. Uh, if, if young ends up being on the team though, uh, past that October 18 deadline, then I think that that gets more, um, you know, that gets more challenging with the coaching staff because mm -hmm. when you look at um a, uh, one of the sites that we like to use called Profit X, they actually see Young as a um, as a impact starter, so they think that yes, mm -hmm. he should be a starter. Whereas uh, McDermott doesn't have, I don't think I, don't, I have to look at McDermott's role, but so so yeah, I, I could I could see um it. it that that position becoming more competitive between Young and McDermott. Uh, right now, I would give the default position to McDermott. And then, you, just reading your article, you kind of just reminded me of, of when when Luca did start last year for a few games. Uh, maybe you know, he, maybe he's that wild card. Maybe they just want to go full youth development and see what yeah. they have in Luca, and just right away give him the, the the minutes. I think that's the 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 most unlikely option. But but again, I right. think it's on the table for sure, like you mentioned. And um, you know, again, if they want to give all these players just see what they can become, and especially Luca, who only has two more years now before he becomes a restricted free agent. And they have to make a call on, on whether or not they want to keep him long term with this team. Uh, I, th I think that would be an interesting scenario. So yeah, for right now, I would say uh, number one, it's McDermott, 
and then and then Luca, and this is assuming Young's gone. But if Young stays, well, then I think it's McDermott, Young, and then unfortunately for Luca, he's going to be up. To, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's coming from. I don't know how his development's yeah. going to take another hit and still survive, man. It's so gonna be yeah, tough. we're gonna we're gonna get there in there a little bit. So so another interesting position that that you um you wrote about, and, and this is one that um really made me start thinking about um you know where where is these are these two players going to get minutes is um the backup point guard position because we know that this team um brought in first they brought in. Bryn Forbes by signing him uh, in, in in free agency, and then uh, and, and we know that you know when he's with the Spurs, he's going to be a rotation player. Coach Pop likes his shooting; he likes what he brings to the team, so he's going to get some minutes from somewhere. But then, um, even though Trey Jones was on the team, Trey Jones ended up having a really good summer league, and it's like, yeah. whoa, he you know he might need to get real minutes now as well. And so, what happens though if you if you give both those players minutes is that um, there's an effect where you know is Lonnie losing minutes? Is Devin Vassell losing minutes? You know, and again, going back to Luca, is he going to now um, not get minutes because they might give they might have to move Vassell to the four there's all sorts of dominoes if um either if these two players both get minutes so so what are your thoughts there I mean based on what you wrote um you know with between that that little that battle between Trey Jones and um and, and uh Bryn Forbes yeah so um yeah in the article I kind of said you know the viable candidates that are familiar with point guard or can play the point guard or Forbes and Jones Derek White's done some backup but I kind of I mentioned how he's going to be starting, so it's going to, mm-hmm. you know, Derek White's going to be starting alongside Murray. But there might be stretches where, you know, they're staggered and he could uh, play that role. But in terms of just uh, just a stable backup point guard, I, I honestly think that's also something that could be decided in the next few weeks. I mean, Forbes brings uh, lights out shooting, but um, very little on the defensive end. Jones uh, is a little little bit of the opposite, but he does have more of an offensive game. Like he's, he doesn't have just like kind of a black hole in the offense, um, but he is a very good defensive player. Um, so it's really, it's another tough call. And um, honestly, I would probably say that Jones deserves a chance, um, but I don't really see him playing over Forbes to begin the season only because, you know, they did get him for another year for a reason. I don't think Pop just got, you know, went out and got Bryn just to sit on the bench. Um, I, I think he wants to address the outside shooting mm-hmm. um, and that he's one of the main tools for that. And I, I would say we'll probably see some Forbes uh, in that position to start. Maybe Jones in some blowout situations or, you know, in some in some games where, you know, a back-to-back or something, and and Pop just wants to kind of mess around with the rotation. But it really is a tough call. I, w- I would prefer maybe just seeing what Jones can do, given his summer league. But I do, I do like Forbes' shooting, but I, I feel like a lot of Spurs fans would agree that th- there might be a short leash with him in terms of patience if we see a lot of, you know, blow-bys with Forbes again, uh, bringing back flashbacks of uh, Forbes and Bellinelli backcourt. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. So yeah, again, you know, fans are going to like this because I know that you know whenever I, I put this on Twitter, you know, where where <laughs> who's going to lose minutes if Jones and Forbes, uh, are, you know, get rotation spots, and then you know a lot of the reactions I get is you know Forbes needs to sit, he needs to sit, he shouldn't be playing <laughs> at all, and so um, yeah, so I understand that on, on on the defensive end, um, you know, I just know that based on the on the past, you know, Coach Pop does does like to give him minutes, gives him rotation spot. So basically, on, on my depth chart right now, just again what I have written down is I do have Forbes right now. Is that again he's not really a backup point guard, he's just another guard out there for the mm-hmm. team. Very much like um, you know, I, I know Patty Mills could get the team into their sets, but they're they're kind of want him uh, in that kind of like I think a similar like 
kind of what Patty had. And we know that Ren can run a little bit of point guard because they, 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 they had to have him do it a few years ago when there was a bunch of injuries at the point guard position where he had to run for like two or three months, uh, the point guard role. So, so yeah, right now, fortunately, I know, I know fans won't like to hear this, but I do have Forbes as that, 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 that guard right now. And then, um, uh, Jones is more so in that, in that third string lineup, uh, and, and and so again maybe maybe there's a battle there during during um, training camp where where maybe Forbes yeah. uses that spot, but again if if they both end up playing very well and then they have to get real minutes, well then that that's going to have an impact down the line on either Lonnie on Devin Vassell or someone else, um you know at, at the th- at the three and four positions, uh, so so that, again that's something interesting to watch is that is that backup point guard uh, battle that you mentioned. Week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week one game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And so now, um, you know, if, if Thaddeus Young is gone from the team, um, you know, he gets either traded or he gets waived or something like that, I think that it's easier for the Spurs to, to get Lucas Simonich maybe the, either that starting role or those backup four minutes. However, uh, if Young ends up being on the team past October 18th, well, then that gets tough. I just don't know where Lucas' minutes are coming from. And, and then that, you know, that's just another season for him where he's, you know, he's in yeah. that third string group uh, again. So what are your thoughts? Let's, let's, let's discuss, um, you know, do you agree that if Young's gone, it's easier for Luca to get minutes? And, and then secondly, um, uh, do, you know, what are your thoughts if Young ends up staying and, and you know, where does the minutes come from? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, mean, I definitely agree that it would have an impact. I mean, that's just another veteran in the way of uh Simonis's development which has kind of been the case for his first couple uh go-arounds so it it really is a tough call because I do like that he is young and I feel like he could play a, a decent role here uh mm-hmm. in San Antonio but I also do see the potential in in Luca and I know that's kind of just been a running thing where well it's always potential but when are we going to see it yep. flourish well I I honestly feel like he's still hasn't really gotten, you know, he hasn't really had regular rotation minutes in his career in San Antonio. So, um, I mean, it's a tough call in terms of which one I would prefer because I like both. Um, I would say it wouldn't be, I would say if the Spurs could get get some assets for Young, they should go ahead and do that. Um, I know Jalen Smith was being talked about from the Suns even though he was, he's kind of a similar position, so that might bring another... But he's a young he's a young guy, so that could be like a project. With Young, you know, he, he wouldn't want to stay and, and, and ride the bench, given his career. Um, 
so it's interesting. I mean, if they could get some uh, assets for him, I think they should go ahead and pull the trigger and, and go with Luca. Um, but if they did keep him, I'm just afraid of what that means for, for Luca's just overall psyche and development with the team. Yeah, and that's kind of something uh, you know I had Colin read on a few a few episodes ago, and and he had a great um, you know point is that you know he, he was more so in favor from a front office perspective of keeping Thaddeus Young, letting him play um, you know for for a few months with the team. That way, it drives up his trade value, and that mm-hmm. way the Spurs get the best you know uh, type of type of package for him. Whether and and maybe that includes a first round pick. So he was more so in favor of keeping the Young on the team. Well, then if that happens, you know that gets you know like we said, <laughs> I think that they would have to play him because you don't want to have him sitting because then you know his trade value would go down right. if teams don't see you know what he's going to be. Bringing into their team to compete the the, uh, the playoff level team. So yeah, I agree with you there. You know, if if Young is gone off the team, I think that that backup four role it belongs to Luca. But if Young has to stay, you know, past that October 18th deadline, then I think that you know Luca's in a tough position where I think that maybe again he's kind of just waiting behind another veteran like he's been doing for a few yeah. years now behind Rudy Gay uh, uh, on the Spurs roster. So again, we'll kind of see what happens with Lucas Samanić and and his role as he enters um, um this next season. And then another question I have, uh, just kind of um you know who's going to be the backup five? I know that last year um, Coach Pop favorite having drew eubanks as that backup five and then right. when, when it got closer to that playing game he, he actually went more with the veteran uh, uh um uh, gorgie jang we know gorgie jang is now gone and now they have the, the new player jock landale from australia who played very well in the olympics and so there's there's that that, that little um you know battle there for for the backup five uh, what are your thoughts there yeah i mean uh landale has been very intriguing to me since they signed him and i've been kind of seeing what he can do um Again, he's a rookie, though, so I'm not sure if he's going to already have the backup big. I would like to see some minutes from him. Um, but, you know, we do have... Uh, there's also Zach Collins that uh, they just got. And apparently, I mean, he he looks like he's healthier than... Uh, I was seeing stuff on Twitter, how he doesn't have a brace or anything. Like, he might be ready to go sooner than later. I'm not reporting anything, but maybe that could be something to watch. Um yeah. Uh, when you know the season comes around um he could be another you know we haven't been able to see a lot of him just because of his injuries but um i think the backup big is as as wide open as anything else i mean it really mm-hmm. just i mean eubanks too he he's been talking about how he's working on his uh three-point shot i'm not sure that's something we're gonna want to see in, in san antonio or coach pop is gonna be um open to but you never know um so probably those three are going to battle it out. Um, I, if I had a preference just based on kind of the direction of the team and, and you know, just embracing the youth movement, I would want to see what Jock Landell can do with this group um, just because he can also shoot uh, the three and he's kind of like a bruiser inside, which this person had in a while. Um, but if I had to predict, um, it, it, it probably wouldn't be him. Um, it would probably go to you know someone that's been around longer. I, maybe, I mean, maybe Collins eventually. And to start with, I would say it's probably going to be Eubanks, and we'll see how it develops over the season. Okay, and um, so this is interesting too. So like, I think that we might get because again, the Spurs haven't uh, given out a timeline on Zach Collins, but if, but you know, we should get one on, on training camp. I'm sure that's going to be one of the questions that that's going to be asked to Coach Pop of you know what's the timeline on, on Zach Collins because we know that he had that yeah. injury in in, uh, in late June. But but if you're saying you know that he's already practicing with, without a brace, uh, you know that could be interesting to watch. Well, I don't know if he um, was practicing. Oh, okay. I just it so, was just sorry this. sorry it was that picture where they were all kind of hanging out somewhere and someone noticed. Oh yeah, that, I saw that. Yeah, where they yeah, went yeah. to the downtown or like yeah. Or so, he, I, so yeah, he wasn't practicing. But 
but yeah. um, just that he didn't have anything on. Yeah, which, that's a that's a good yeah. sign. So yeah, you know, right now I, I don't expect him to be ready for training camp just because you know uh, just because when you hear that mm-hmm. he, you know he, he messed up his leg in June that was, that was so so recently you know the yeah. Spurs will take their time. But um, you know you know what's funny here is that you know these two players Landale and Eubanks they can actually if if Thaddeus Young ends up staying on the team they can also be in a, in a battle with him because he actually had some experience playing at the five with the Bulls as well. So <laughs> maybe maybe the Spurs want to put him at the five and then all of a sudden you know there's a little battle there going on for the five. So so right now um, I, I agree with you Josh I think that it's it's wide open um, I think that it just comes down to whoever whoever plays well in, in training camp and in the preseason it's going to end up being that back of five between Landale and Eubanks um, and so right now I would say Eubanks just because he has that, that veteran experience and Coach Pop kind of you know liked him in that, in that role last year but you know who knows what, what Jock brings in, in his first few um, NBA type of preseason games uh, with, with the team. And so now uh, let's get our, to our final question here with the, with the training camp questions. And this is, um, who do you think, do you agree that it's going to be, um, you think that, that the most likely op- option is that um, to get the team down to, to 15 players on guaranteed contracts, do you think it's going to be uh, Aminu and Young as the, the players get traded or waived? Yeah, I mean, I feel okay. like that's the consensus. I think a, a wild card in that situation would be Eubanks. If, you know, that would probably be the next one. I don't, I don't see it happening, but... That would also, I mean, I don't know who else besides those two, honestly. Okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot here because I, I gave my answer last week. On a, well, I mean, not last week, when I last I called him, <laughs> I, I made him answer this question. He didn't like it, I could tell. Uh-oh. It kind of threw him off. So here we go. What if they keep, they can't find a trade for Minu and, and, and uh, Young by October 18th? What if they keep them both on the team past that date? So then who do you think are the two players that, that are gone from the roster? Oh, okay. So, I mean, so Eubanks would be one. Okay. And I have to pick someone else that would be gone from the roster. Mm-hmm. Oh geez, let me see the yeah. the roster that's up here. Did Colin give an answer? <laughs> yeah, I think he, I think we both said. Oh, uh, we, yeah. I, okay, so so he and I both said the same play. We said uh, Kata Bates job and and you and you. Oh, Kata! I forgot about Kata. Yeah, yeah, it would it would have, it would have to be Kata. Uh, I do like him though, but um, yeah, just given that he hasn't really been uh, playing much. Yeah, it would it would have to be him. I, I kind of forgot he was on the team, honestly. But yeah, he he, no, did, I mean, he does like, have good stretches. Yeah, yeah, because I mean that's kind of the expectation right now. We we do think that it's either going to be it's going to most likely be uh, Thaddeus Young and and Alfred Camino who who will probably be uh, moved from the team before October eighteenth. But if they're not, well then the Spurs have to get rid of again two players. They have to either waive them or trade them. Yeah. And so that's why we unfortunately you know we have to go through those those scenarios because you know that that that's gonna you know so all those different scenarios could be in play here coming up in the next few weeks uh, as training camp and the preseason do begin all right so now let's transition to our, our, our last topic of the show and this is again you know just going to continue I, i've told you spurs cast listeners anytime ben simmons name um, comes <laughs> up and until he's in a different jersey um outside of the philly jersey um you know we're gonna have to bring him up on the spurs cast here the spurs um, cast so, promise <laughs> yeah so yeah i, I know and, and sometimes you know I, I know that it gets tiring because I, I have had some comments where you know you know why, why are we still talking about it the spurs aren't <laughs> necessarily involved right now at this moment but again because we know that the spurs explored interest in him in the past recently and because he's still in philly we know that you know they're still one of the options that that he may be traded to uh you know we just got to keep we got to continue to monitor the benson simmons situation because san antonio can be involved um from from what we've known in the past so um earlier this week uh Woj did officially report that um simmons won't be won't report to training camp next week and he also is saying that simmons will not play another game for philly he's refusing to he's going to go through with this um so far he's saying at least um that he's going to he, he's willing to take those fines and even losing part of his paycheck here i'm losing some money right now um and also this pa- this past week a uh, mark stein um uh, on, on Substack, uh, report, you know, he's kind of reported the same teams that have had interest in Simmons, the Spurs, the Wolves, the Raptors.
Raptors, the Cavs, and the Kings as some of the teams. And he's basically saying that those teams have st- are still explore interest in Simmons because um, they know that you know if, if they were free agent teams with cap space right now, it's very hard to get a player who's an All NBA level player, uh, an All Star, to join their teams. And so they think that going through a trade route, especially with a player who has four years on his deal left, that's probably the, the best option. So again, the Spurs are still kind of there in the mix, even though there's no active negotiations going on with them. So I just want to get your thoughts, uh, Josh, on Ben. Um, you know, sitting out of training camp so far, and you know the fact that you know he's still not he still hasn't been traded yet i mean it's so it's so tough man i it's it's such an interesting situation i think you know bobby marks was saying this is unprecedented he was he was Mm -hmm. giving the whole you know uh rundown of the whole situation where a team i mean uh, somebody that's under this kind of contract is holding out um it's just it i feel like it's tough to kind of take one side or the other because you see on um, from one side let's let's say you know he's sitting out he you can see it as he's kind of just giving up he he just wants to be out of there and he's not going to yeah. cooperate at all but at the same time you see doc rivers like going on espn and he's and he's talking i i just saw something earlier that he was um talking about simmons and then somehow donald trump came in the in the <laughs> what he was saying in his little speech and it's just some Doc Rivers didn't really handle this situation very well at all. Mm-hmm. You know, he was kind of throwing him and Embiid did a little bit of throwing him under the bus, uh, Simmons under the bus after the last playoff series, and so you can kind of see where someone like anybody would be just over it in that situation. Um, yeah. So it really you just have to know all the these little details, what's going on in his mind, and it, you can see why he wouldn't want to just even he's completely done with them. But at the same time, how much of that is going to transfer to whatever team he goes to? Is it because there's still some work ethic questions and, you know, his in terms of improving what he needs to improve on? He hasn't really done that a whole lot. Of course, he's really, really good at what he can do, Mm -hmm. um, like very good. But there are times where you're going to need more. You're going to need to be able to shoot an open layup under the basket in the playoffs. You're going to need to be able to make free throws. And, um, you're going to need to be able to work on those and not be satisfied with, you know, making the conference finals. So, I mean, I feel like he could still work in a right situation. There are a lot of wrong situations still out there. I don't think the Spurs would be one of them when you look at the coaching staff and who he'd be handling. Um, I just, I don't know if it's worth, you know, two of the young core that, that is very promising plus uh, a trove of picks yeah. at this point. And I don't, I don't think any other team really thinks that either about their own rosters. I feel like his, his value is going down. I'm just curious. Uh, you know, I've heard from some other people like, do you think he's just going to sit out as long as it takes at this point? Yeah, I mean that that I think it's a what is it like October first or October? There's some there's some date where like he's really going to like lose like a, yeah the a first I think like eight like million or yeah. yeah yeah there's like eight point something million so I think that's when's going to get real if like he's still sitting out past that date <laughs> um you know that's something to watch I, I I know that um you know one of the betting sites I, I talked about this on the Spurs cast a few weeks ago they actually had the Shanghai Sharks as like one of the teams that he might be <laughs> on next year because you know if he starts losing real money and he's still trying to he's really adamant about not coming back 
um, you know, who knows if he tries to go, you know, play play in a different country. I know, I know he can't play in the um, some of the like the Europe clubs because there's like a, there's an agreement where if a player's under NBA contract, they can't sign oh. with some of those European teams or like Spanish teams. But you know, maybe some other countries that they, they 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 don't have those rules. So maybe again, it's just a wild situation. Like like Bobby said um, in that podcast, you know, this is just an unprecedented situation. Um, as far as like from the Spurs and like the other teams that aren't like you know the the, the teams that he wanted to go to originally, like like the Warriors and some of the other teams on the, on the West Coast. Um, I think it's encouraged just hearing what Zach said in that episode is that he said basically like at this point Simmons just wants out he doesn't care where he's going as long as he's out of Philly yeah. so I think that's encouraging because I know that originally there was there was like a, like a list of teams that he wanted to go to or, or places that he didn't want to play at so I think now that you know at, at this point it's like desperation where he just wants out of Philly I think if if, this, if any team trades for him I think that you know that that's a good sign of the fact that he's, he's now willing to be part of the organization again you have him under contract for four years um so, so we do differ a little bit here. So, I, I, so from what you just told me, you just told me you don't think he's, he, be, he would be a good <laughs> I, I, as I've talked to um, Colin about this when, when this rumor first came out with the Spurs' interest in him. I think that this is this would be, um, you know, not, not the original package that was reported. You know, four first round picks and picks right. and all that. That's just way too much. And I, I don't think anyone's giving up that for Ben Simmons now. Like you mentioned, you know, his trade value has gone down, and I think that that's what teams are waiting for. Is they're waiting for Daryl Morey to kind of bring down the the um, the what the trade package is going to be for him. Um, but you know, I, I you know I, I think actually. If, just again, my my opinion. I think that this is this would be the Spurs' best chance right now, in my opinion, to to see you know to, to get a, a, an all an all star and an NBA an all NBA level player. Right. Especially, um, you know, it's going to be very, you know, yes, maybe the chance of some of these young guys popping and becoming those players down the road, uh, there, there's that possibility. But right now, you know, it, Simmons is still young and, and you have him as that, that for sure piece. And I think that if, if they were to trade for him, they make him their cornerstone and then they start building around him and putting a team that's going to be that's going to be uh, best work for him uh, to, 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 to you know, work off of his strengths and, and minimize his weaknesses as much as possible. Yeah, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to imply that I don't think he's a good fit here. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just, there's just so much drama around the situation mm-hmm. and, and I, it's just hard to tell how much of it is him and how much of it is just the situation around him. I know it's kind of been toxic around, uh, that whole organization since that playoff loss, um, concerning him. So it could just be a lot of that. Um, I still think he would fit well here, uh, in San Antonio and be, um, you know, still thrive. It's just, um, just the package that would be concerning that someone like Daryl Morey would still want. But if it goes down, as I believe, um, you know, uh, Bobby Marks was saying, are they going to take, you know, you know, uh, quarters on the dollar for him at this point just to get him off of the team? Then, then yeah, I'm all for that. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's really just about that original first couple of packages i was seeing for him that i wouldn't really think it'd be worth it but i think he would he could obviously still do well here especially with the shooting coaches san antonio has um so yeah it's just a it's an interesting situation all around no, no, I agree with you completely. And, and you know, again, you know, we're going to continue to address the Ben Simmons situation until <laughs> until he gets traded, until he's in a different uniform, um, and uh, you know, it's, it's, or at least until the Spurs, like like we see a report that the Spurs are completely out of negotiations. Then you know, you know, maybe we won't cover that that topic. So again, we'll kind of just see what happens uh, with the Ben Simmons situation. This training camp does begin, and he's not going to be going to training camp with the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. So don't forget to visit ProjectSpurs.com, SpursCast listeners. Um, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if, if you're on YouTube. Uh, it's the it's called Project Spurs Network TV. 
So if you can please subscribe to that. We, we've been putting out videos recently. We'll continue, especially as, as the season approaches. Um, Josh's article, again, it's on Project Spurs. It's called Two Training Camp Position Battles to Watch. So make sure you read that by Josh. And then also Benjamin Bornstein has his latest piece up called Journey to the Centers of Future Past. So again, those are both those articles are both up on, on, on ProjectSpurs.com. Uh, thanks again to, the, to Josh for joining me here on the Spurs cast and also to Michael DeLeon for mixing and producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day. Thank you.